Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 358th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners, we want to know what you think about our podcast. You've been listening to me for almost three years now, and I want to hear from you. I have some very specific questions, including what you like about our podcast, and where we should be going next. The important part is, I really want your opinion. I'm looking to connect with 50 listeners from no more than 10 minutes who are willing to share your thoughts. It's simple to sign up. Go to urbanfarm.org and look at the top menu. Sign up there. I look forward to chatting. In nature, we don't find closed loop systems. We find circular systems where energy and resources are part of a loop repeating itself endlessly and sustaining those systems. Growing food should be a circular system too, and aquaponics is a perfect example. Aquaponics uses natural cycles where fish feed plants and plants feed fish. Let us teach you how to start your own fish-powered garden in a few easy steps. Just text GROWFISH to 33444 or visit IWANTTOGROWFISH.COM and you'll receive our free webinar on how to grow your own fish-powered garden. Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have my friend Jake Mace for an update on his woofing adventures. Jake started gardening in 2011 with a peach, fig, pomegranate, and kumquat tree to save money on his food budget. He has joined us multiple times on the show about his urban farm, best gardening tips and tricks, learning from failures, and how he became inspired to live a life that's compassionate with a zero to positive sum impact on the earth, particularly through his commitment to a vegan lifestyle. These days, Jake is traveling the world woofing and looking for his next great vegan meal. Welcome back to the show today, Jake. Are you ready to rock? I am, Greg. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me back on your lovely podcast. Absolutely. So, man, you have had a lot 
on your plate over the past six months. A lot of changes and a lot of really, really cool stuff. So tell me, what's been up? Well, I think if anybody out there has listened to your podcast in the past, I've been on how many times, Greg? Like three or four times or something? Yes, more like six or eight. You are my most guest. Really? Yeah. Woohoo! I'm honored for that. Hopefully people are not sick of hearing about how I garden and things like that. Oh, heck no, man. I'll tell you what, we need to get this out more and more and more. So bring it on, man. You know, I totally agree. And that's why, you know, I started making my YouTube videos about my desert food forest or AKA front and backyard garden in Phoenix area. Uh huh. And I think I first met you, Greg. I wanted to build that property into a front and backyard food forest. And I did that over the course of about seven years, but I am not doing that property anymore. I'm actually kind of changing my life a bit and I'm not really growing my garden anymore. Got it. So just real quickly for, so everybody knows what happened to your old garden. Well, we had about, you know, 250, I would say close to 300 fruit trees there. And a lot of the ones I was excited about are date palms and the mulberries and the figs and the pomegranates and the citrus and the natives, like the ironwoods, mesquites and Palo Verde. Oh yeah. You know, just like life happens to people, you know, I went through a relationship change and wasn't able to keep the house. So I no longer was the steward or the caretaker of the garden. And and it's going to have to kind of fend without me. Perfect. And not going into too much detail about personal life, but that's kind of what it was. Just, you know, people go through relationship changes. It's different for everybody. And it was different for me. And the garden wasn't a thing that I was meant to keep, but it's still there and it's still growing. And hopefully all the work I put in, setting it up correctly, building it, growing it correctly, the infrastructure hopefully will allow those trees and gardens to thrive and produce food forever. Excellent. And, you know, that's so much of what we really need to be doing. And I really respect you for having set it up and then, you know, letting it go and basically letting it have a life of its own. So, yay. And it's funny because back in the heyday when I was growing it and it was thriving under my oversight, I used to think by myself, if I have all these fruit trees, I have these avocados and bananas and I have these papayas. And if I were to all of a sudden just have a heart attack and die right now and the entire city of Phoenix, all the people were to vaporize away, which tree would still be here living and thriving in like a thousand years from now? Uh-huh. And now I guess we'll figure it out. You know, if somebody keeps the garden going, that's fantastic. And if they don't, I'm always curious in a thousand years from now, which tree <laughs> or which trees will still be alive that I planted back in the day. And yeah. Greg, I think that's one of the most powerful things about planting a garden or a fruit tree. You know, I just saw a quote from Socrates saying that the sign of an enlightened person is somebody who plants fruit trees even in old age. Because what that's basically saying is you're planting a fruit tree that you're never going to see get to full maturity, but you're planting something for the future generation. Yeah. So I think it's good to plant garden and fruit trees and have them exist together as part of a system of permaculture. And hopefully the one that I set up there in Phoenix will be there forever. But I am moving on to a different kind of part of life now. Perfect. So I want you to give our listeners that haven't heard from you a two minute synopsis of how you went from a dirt lot to a lush forest and you only get two minutes. Okay. Well, I think if it's just two minutes long, I call myself the vegan athlete. So if you're on YouTube and you look up Jake Mace or the vegan athlete, you'll find my videos. And my veganism is what gives me the most power in my gardening. And the reason why is because I have a stake. I have a vested interest in growing as much food as I can from my backyard so that I can actually eat it because I'm a 100% plant-based guy. And I've been vegan for 17 years. I'm about 6'1", 200 pounds. I'm pretty athletic. So I try to have an athletic lifestyle with a vegan diet. And gardening was a big part of that because I can produce healthier food with more 
more nutrient and eat it in its right state and grow variety that the store does not carry. So when I bought my dirt lot in Tempe, Arizona, the goal was to turn it into a thriving food forest that was basically a refrigerator, the way refrigerators should should look, which is green and out in the landscape. And we packed it full of a koi pond, of fruit trees, of raised bed gardens. And that's what I wanted to do was turn my home into a refrigerator to feed my vegan athlete lifestyle. Wow. Excellent. Was that two minutes? Yeah, just about. But I still haven't gotten the answer I was looking for. So you came to one of my classes. This is not the answer I'm looking for either. But you came to one of my classes at Desert Botanical Garden and you showed me a picture of your backyard. And you said, what do I do with it? And what did I say? Well, first you said nice. Yeah. That I did. You love the fact that I was in a neighborhood that was pretty normal and I had the biggest backyard in the neighborhood. I had a love for gardening from my mom and I already had about 40 or 50 potted trees and plants on the patio of my townhome. And I really was excited about this property. So I came to your class because you were teaching the class on how to harvest rainwater off your roof. And I knew that water would be a challenge in the desert for my garden. Yeah. So I came to learn about rainwater harvesting from you, but I ended up learning also about wood chips from you and how how by spreading wood chips, not only are you conserving water because it keeps the water in the ground, but also as the wood chips get broken down through the elements, through people walking on them, through the rot, they turn into healthy black soil. And I did both those things. I tapped my roof with gutters and harvested that into the ground and into tanks. And I spread about 65 landscape loads of wood chips. Each load is about four or five tons over the course of a third of an acre of property. Yeah. So for everybody listening out there, what I told Jake to do was put wood chips over the entire backyard. And when I said that, I meant two or three inches and you added two or three feet. Because you were the first one I had I'd heard about wood chips from. I took your inspiration and I went on YouTube and I found a ton of other people doing wood chips Yep. and I went a little crazy. So when you finally came to my property about a year or two later, yep. the first thing you said was, oh my God, I remember vividly you got out of your truck and you said, you know, you actually did what I said to do. Woohoo! <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Well, thank you so much for that. So onward, let's talk about your next adventure. It's called Woofing. That's an acronym. It's W-W-O-O-F. Tell us what it means. Well, a lot of people think it means we'll work on organic farm, but it actually is the worldwide organization of organic farming. Okay, both work. Both work. So the worldwide organization of organic farming, and it's kind of like a dating website mixed with the Peace Corps. Oh, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> wow. You know, the Peace Corps looks for people with a bachelor's degree to go and fulfill a mission for two years, whether it's nursing or doctor or building houses, whatever, right? Yeah. Kennedy started the Peace Corps. Yes. The woofing program, every country has their own woofing program, and they are looking to pair up people, usually young people, who want to learn about how to farm and grow food with farms who are already doing that. And so every country, America or Italy or Portugal, whatever, they all have a woofing website. You go on there, you apply, you pay the fee, which is usually like around 50 bucks. And then you have access kind of like through like a dating website to look at the profiles of farms, connect with them, if they approve you, you go and stay with the farmer and you live there and they trade you a place to stay and food in exchange for work. Nice. So we're going to do this. And most people, they 
do a woofing program for about a month. They go for like a month, maybe like during a summer and they woof and then they go home. But my girlfriend, Nicole and I, we are doing a YouTube channel together called Adventures with Jake and Nicole. We're going to also take our YouTube videos and ourselves and try to woof across the world for a year and stay at each farm for about two weeks each. And then after each two weeks at a farm, go to a new one. So about 20 different farms over the course of the next year, starting tomorrow, Greg. Wow. So you're the last person I talked to in the United States before I head out of here and start my first woofing site. Nice. We're sitting on Friday, May 11th. So this isn't going to actually air for probably 15 to 20 days. So for those of you listening out there, Jake will be well on to his adventure by the time you're listening to this. We're in Oregon right now. Nicole and I, for the past few months, we've had a glass jar and we have sold everything we own, including our furniture, clothes, our cars, everything we own, we've sold. We put the money in this glass jar and that's our travel expenses to start woofing. So we drove a Penske moving truck from Arizona all the way to Oregon, where her parents live. And I'm sitting here at the parents' property in Oregon, and we're hanging out with her family. And then tomorrow at midnight, we fly to our first wolfing country. Okay, drum roll, please. Where are you going? We've both traveled to other countries, but never to Europe. So we're going to start in Portugal. Oh, nice. And we already connected with a farm in Portugal. And we're going to be flying into Lisbon and then taking Portuguese transportation to this farm. And then I don't know what's going to happen, Greg. I'll either have a great adventure. I'll either learn something. I'll either be taken advantage of or I'll work a lot. I don't know what to expect, but I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, so I had woofers stay here at the urban farm with me over the course of about a 12, 14 year period starting in 1999. You did. Wow. How long did the average person stay with you? Oh my God. That's hard to say. I had one girl stay for a year. Wow. You know, I had a group of five young ladies traveling from Alaska to a farm in Southern Arizona and they stayed for 48 hours. I don't know that there was an average. It was everything in between. And what I know from the end of hosting you know, hosting woofers, what I would do is I would ask for references and I would, you know, make really clear what my rules were for here at the urban farm. And I had over the course of that probably 12 years, I probably had 50 different woofers come and stay with me. You know, probably two to four weeks was an average maybe. And I had nothing but good luck. That's amazing. I think the people who look to this kind of program are usually good natured, yep. hippie kind of people that have an interest in learning how to grow food and living a simple life. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know you did that, Greg. That's pretty neat. I'm glad you did that. That's good feedback. Oh, yeah. Oh, so here's a tip for you. One of the things that I would always ask my incoming woofers to do, and they knew this before they arrived, was to do a signature project when they got here so that I had something to remember them by. Oh, I see. I have multiple projects here, some fences built. You know that wooden walkway on the south side of the property here at the Urban Farm? Yep. Eddie built that. Oh, wow. He was a woofer from Toronto. I really partnered up with them to do cool things here at the Urban Farm. That's awesome. So Portugal, and then what? Do you know? Yeah, we're going to be going to another country right next to Portugal. So if you guys know a map, they'll know Spain is right next to Portugal. And so Spain will be after that. We'll spend two weeks on the north part of Spain, right on the coast, on the ocean, and then two weeks near Barcelona. Oh, nice. And then after Spain, uh-huh. we're going to keep it kind of hidden and secret. And you guys have to go to our Vegan Athletes or Adventures with Jake and Nicole YouTube channel to see where we're going to go next. Perfect. 
So why did you decide to do this? Like, what's the big why behind this? I mean, this is pretty major. You sold everything you own. You put all the money in a jar for your travel account. I'm assuming you, you both had cars then that you sold. Correct. Yep. I sold my car in the parking lot of a church the day before I left Arizona. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So why? Why did you do this? Well, I learned about it through Nicole. So Nicole's brother had done this for a month at one farm. And we started thinking about it and talking about it. Both of us wanted to see different countries. Both of us wanted to be better gardeners. And Nicole had never run a farm like, you know, I had run my urban farm for many years. So this program kind of, we're doing it for multi-reasons. It will immerse us in a gardening kind of atmosphere and community for a year. And we'll be learning how different cultures garden and eat because part of this whole thing is preparing the food with the family every day. Oh, right. So Nicole is going to be coming out with a cookbook of recipes that are inspired by our travels. So we'll be learning how Portuguese people farm and cook and then how Spanish people farm and then cook and so on and so forth. So we just thought it'd be like, if you go to a master gardener's program in your city, that's good. If you grow your own garden, that's good. But why not, if you have the ability to, and you have the guts, pick up and get out there and be a good listener and learn how other folks in different countries farm and grow food. And at the end of the year, you know, we'll be fluent in the language of how the world gardens. And we can then go do our own garden and put every little country's tips into our own garden. Nice. Are you thinking where you might land when you're done with this? Yes. <laughs> and that would be? Well, it's probably not going to be Arizona, but kind of want to keep it secret until we get to that point. I learned from Mr. T, one of his quotes was, you know, be nice to everybody, but keep your really big plans secret until you put them into action. Perfect. <laughs> But we are planning on doing a garden together. And Greg, my dream is to do it on multi acres and have it be somewhere where there's a lot more rain and water and the four seasons, maybe uh -huh. with a little bit of a mild winter and somewhere near the ocean Yeah, and somewhere affordable. And what I would like to do is I would love to purchase multi acre property that has nothing on it. And then I would love to build our own house, our own well, our own energy system like solar or geothermal, our own composting toilets, our own garden fruit tree forest and do it all on my YouTube channel channel, my vegan athlete YouTube channel. Uh -huh. And so the whole process start to finish and then like have you like an ongoing series. Awesome. Yeah. So folks can uh, go out there and they can follow the genesis of this program if they want to follow my YouTube videos or we'll talk about in a bit my website with my new blog on it. Perfect. And what do you hope to gain out of this experience? I know you already mentioned collecting of gardening data from a bunch of different places, but what else? What's the big thing there for you? Well, I think Nicole and I have a lot in common, but we also have a few things that are different. Like I think she's more of a people person than I am. Even though I'm, I teach groups of people my whole life since I've been 19, I've taught people from one person to a thousand people. I teach three times a day since I've been 19. Uh -huh. I do YouTube videos where I'm always got energy and fun, but people don't realize when I'm not teaching or when I'm not working, I'm very alone and quiet and I'm very comfortable being alone. Introverted, maybe it's maybe an INFP. Yep. Myers-Briggs kind of guy. I'm an INFP and you know, I'm so big and loud out there usually in the world. That people think that's who you are. Right. And it's not. I'm actually if you put me at a party, you know, where I'm not teaching or anything, I pretty much crawl in a corner and talk to one or two people. Greg, that's my biggest fear. When I'm in a group of a thousand people and I have to be the center of attention for like a class, I love that atmosphere. But if it's like a party of a thousand people where there's no rules, uh -huh. that's when I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I feel very awkward. Yeah. And I think most people who are really good at like athletics or sports or gardening, I think are INFPs because... I've taken a lot of mental tests and they show that people that have to get crazy skills with a thing like a sport, like golf, for instance, uh -huh. they need to be comfortable being alone to, to practice eight hours a day. That's why yeah. most athletes 
they're really bad at interviews because they are comfortable being alone hitting baseballs all day. Right. So Nicole, I think, is more of a people person. She loves being out with people. And, and I recognize how I need that too. So I think this trip will be good for me to get out there and meet people that I normally wouldn't have wanted to meet because I'm comfortable being alone. Mm-hmm. And Nicole will get to travel the world and learn about gardening. So we both get to learn something and experience something and put ourselves outside our comfort zone. And it was one thing I've learned in life when I'm afraid or when I'm nervous about something, I usually go and do it. Uh-uh. because. Nice. Yeah, I've learned since I've been an adult that when I get the feelings of like anxiety or nervousness or stress, that means that's not a bad thing. It's actually my body giving myself extra energy for a great thing. So I'm kind of stressed out about meeting people and doing all this traveling. Uh But that means I think it's going to be an exciting adventure because I've learned to respect that fear. Nice. So I'm hoping to end this woofing trip with gardening knowledge, gardening experience, and video journaling the entire experience on my YouTube show so that everybody else who wants to come along for the ride can. And at the end of the trip, Nicole and I can look back on our trip and see the whole trip in video form right there on YouTube. There's so many people out there that are stuck in jobs that they don't like, but you've really taken your life by the tail and you are swinging it, man. You are going for it. And I'm really proud of you for that. Well, thank you. I think that there's a certain comfort there to being in a relationship you don't like or a job you don't like because there's there's certain comforts that come with having stability. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But you have to sometimes take a deep breath and wake up and look around and say, you know, is this really what I, I'm comfortable? But is it what I want? Is it worth living for? Or am I kind of just like a dying plant? Am I a tomato plant that's thriving or am I a tomato plant that's kind of dying out? Yeah. And it's tough to leave like Phoenix for us because we have so many connections and roots and businesses and people there that we know and we had this community with. Yeah. So it's kind of a step back, me leaving Phoenix that I've been in for 25 years. I have you, I have so many connections through fitness, martial arts, for business, for pleasure. And it's taken a step back to leave my city, but then it's taken a giant leap forward to do this trip and this exciting adventure with Nicole. So all of life is like one step back, two steps forward. I think this is a one step back, one leap forward kind of trip. Amen to that, man. That is flipping epic. Congratulations. Thanks. At the end of this, Greg, we want to do our own garden on multiple acres. And how cool would it be to have the influences of farmers and farms that we've touched all over the world that are represented in our farm or our garden? You know? Yeah. That's the goal. And that's why we're doing it. That's my long winded answer. Perfect. So I'm going to shift on you. And I know that you answered these questions way back in episode number one. You were our number one, our first podcast episode. Do you remember that? I do. I was honored. I think I was number 100 as well, but I'm honored to be on the show and be the first guest. That's really great. Yeah, perfect. And then also you came back for episode number 250 and you interviewed me and I answered these questions. So if you want to go back and listen to me answering these questions, you can jump back to episode 250. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it. Well, I have failed many times. (laughs) I'm only 36 years old, but I failed a lot. Welcome to life. But I start reading some quotes, Greg, and I honestly think maybe I have failed more than unsuccessful people have have even tried. Wow. I think that's one of the things that really drives me that I think successful people or people that really succeed in life, they're willing to take the risk and they're willing to fail and they end up failing more times than other people have even tried. Like I read an article about Kobe Bryant. He's taken the game winning shot in so many games and he's failed that shot like 90% of the time or something like that. It was some crazy quote, but we remember the couple times that Michael Jordan or Kobe made that game-winning shot, but they failed at it so many times. 
Right. Think about Major League Baseball. If you can hit three balls out of 10, you're in the Hall of Fame for your batting average. Right. And so a baseball player is failing 70% of the time. So I think for me, I failed in homes. I had during the housing crisis in 08, I had a home that went into foreclosure, which I didn't want to have happen. I love owning real estate. I think it's very powerful to own land. And I just really couldn't keep it going. I've had a couple of relationships that were long-term kind of not work out. And I really started thinking for a while, maybe it's me, maybe I'm hard to be with. Maybe I am, you know, just, I have the karma that's not good for relationships. Why did these relationships that should have worked out not worked out for me. Here's one thing that I promise you on that. I've had more relationships failures than you have. (laughs) And now you have a great one, Greg. You have a really good, stable and loving one. Yeah. And see, that was the key for me. I failed enough times until I found Heidi and she is amazing. We have so much. We've been together five years now. You know, we have the most extraordinary relationship. The failing part gets us to a place where we can live the life we love, I think. Don't you? I think so. I mean, I tell that to Nicole in private a lot where I say, you know, I don't think if you would have met me before I had my past relationships, I probably wouldn't have been the kind of guy you would have wanted to be with because I needed those relationships to learn about myself, about people, about relationships. And now I can give you the best form of myself I've ever been. Yeah. Excellent on that. I would say relationships I've had and a couple of properties I've had that I've gone to foreclosure really took me out were some big failures of mine. Yeah. And we keep going. Correct. Yep. So what do you consider your biggest success? Well, this is a tough question because I kind of like to practice a little bit of Taoism and Buddhism. I'm a martial artist. If people don't know, I also have a big martial arts following. My Kung Fu and Tai Chi YouTube channel next month will hit a million subscribers. Whoa, nice. What channel is that? Search for Jake Mace on YouTube and put Jake Mace Kung Fu or Jake Mace Tai Chi. Nice. And you'll find my channel. I have 1,200 videos on that channel and 120 million views. I mean, that's a big success. Huge. People online has been a thing that I have been really proud of over the years. But what I've learned through Buddhism and Taoism is that neither rain nor wind shakes the mountain and neither praise nor blame should shake the wise person. So I think sometimes a success may actually corrode your soul if you let it give you a big ego. So when I have a success, I try to just kind of acknowledge it quickly at the time and then move on. But a couple of successes that I've had that I think are really major are like just, I would say, my garden. Because, you know, I was able to grow a garden as a regular person in the desert that inspired a lot of people. I would say my success with my relationship with Nicole right now is a huge part of my life because I think she's wonderful and we have just a great connection together. And I hope that it goes on for a long time in the future. And another success that I am really proud of is my morality. I've had a couple times in my life where my morality has been questioned and tested, especially when I used to run my martial art business, my brick and mortar business for Kung Fu and Tai Chi before I did YouTube. Uh And I was sued and I ended up kind of having to defend myself in court against a lot of fake and false allegations made by people who just wanted to put me out of business. Mm -hmm. At the time, it was probably dumb to stand my ground because the only people who win a lawsuit are the lawyers. The people involved never win. You know, everyone just gets taken. But I was able to kind of get through those situations and with my morality in check. And I think that without going into too much detail about the case, that was a pretty proud moment of me, which was to just tell the truth and be who I was going to be and pick up for myself. And it came out okay. Yeah. 
that's how we get formulated and created and molded into our future is by standing up and being true to ourselves in those situations. Exactly. So I think the court case I went through in my 20s, it wasn't about winning or losing because both parties lost yeah. and only the lawyers won, you know, right? or the judges win because they get money. But the real thing I got from that was, you know, was just the struggle, you know, just the struggle going through it kind of made me who I am today. And I like who I am today. And so I also think one of my biggest successes are my guard my relationship with Nicole and I, keeping my, my morality in check. But to be honest, just being a person who's learned the skills I've learned has been one of my biggest successes in life. I have learned in my short 36 years that all of life is about how creative you are and what skills you have. It's not about how nice you are or because I find people that are really nice when you're face to face, but they really just want to get you in the background. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I think that all of life is about, you know, do you have creativity and do you have some skills? Have you put your body and your mind on the line for a certain skill? Like for me, it's been martial arts and it's been gardening and it's been my vegan diet. I'm really good at vegan diet. I'm good at gardening and I'm good at martial arts because I have taken the time and sacrificed for those skills. So I'm very proud of the small amount of skills that I'm trying to master. Yeah, beautiful. And what drives you? A lot of times living a zero impact clean lifestyle drives me a lot. I mean, part of the reason why I really was interested in Nicole is because she was also interested in vegan diet and into being compassionate to animals and, you know, being conservative of the earth's resources and gardening. So it drives me to find the person I'm with. I also think that trying to live a life with an electric car, live a life composting all my trash, live a life with a vegan diet, which uses infinitely less water and oil than a meat diet. Mm -hmm. These things drive me because they kind of shape who I am, you know. I think my clean living, my zero impact living, my vegan diet drives me. Awesome. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? Whoa. Maybe I can recommend a couple. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. So a book I'd recommend that really changed my life a lot is called Mad Cowboy. Oh, yes. I'd recommend Mad Cowboy. I think Howard Lyman is the author is the author of Mad Cowboy. And it's one of the first books that's really good about the state of our food in the world. Another resource I would say for people, like a movie that inspires me is Far and Away with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a, a movie that didn't really get that popular. It's called Far and Away. It's all about, you know, somebody who's a farmer in Ireland during the, what is it, the, maybe the 1800s or the 1700s, and he comes to America, has to fight for money, and then ends up going in the races in Oklahoma to find his land. And I think Tom Cruise did a great job with that movie. So whenever I watch that movie, I get so pumped up to garden and get a property, Greg. I can't even believe it. I get so pumped up. Cool, cool, cool. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? You know, I would say get out there and learn some skills. Learning skills is different than having a good job. I think a lot of people that have a good job or have a job, they're actually working. A, this might be kind of controversial, but I'll say it. They're working a job that actually isn't necessary for society. It's just a job to pay the bills. They're getting a paycheck, you know, whatever. I think that most people, they need to get out there and learn a skill. So what I find is most people in my life, when they work their job and their job ends, when they go home later on after work, they end up doing a hobby that is their love. It could be woodworking or crafts or the gym. It could be art. It could be science. It could be anything. And so I think that you need to have that hobby. You need to have that skill that you're working on and become a master of that skill. Because in life, we need more people that have real skills of science, of art, of mechanics, of engineering, of gardening, of whatever that skill is. And just go out there and get it. Don't let anybody get in your way. You know, be a nice, like morally just person, but go out there and get skills in something. 
think about these people like Tiger Woods or Michael Jordan when they make these big shots on golf or in basketball. We all cheer. You know, we all cheer that the touchdown that happens in the final minutes of a game. And I think we cheer that because we kind of see that person being the best that they can be. And it inspires us to go home that night and be the best that we can be. Because we all know that we have that in us. I would say get out there and learn some skills. And be the best you can be. And be the best that you can be at that skill and just own it. Beautiful. Is that chickens I hear in the background, Jake? Yeah, Nicole's family here has a couple acres and they do have chickens up back with horses all around. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show once again, Mr. Jake. I look forward to doing these periodically on your year-long woofing trip so we can catch up with you. Would you be willing to come back and share your trip with us? That'd be great. Maybe we can make it like a monthly series where I can kind of check in and tell you where we've been and what we have coming up next. Oh my God, that would be awesome. Because I love your podcast. I love reach people in this way. And if you want to see the video of what we're doing, definitely check us out on YouTube. I know Greg will give you guys the links. And if you want to read my new blog, my first ever blog where I'm typing out my inner thoughts as we travel uh -huh. at my learnfromjake.com website. Perfect. So let's talk about that website. You know, you pointed me there before we started the interview today and it looks really exciting. Tell us about it. Well, it's learnfromjake.com. So you can still go to jakemace.com, my original site. Um, there's lots to do there, but learnfromjake.com has a free blog that I'll be updating about probably five times a week of what's happening, my inner thoughts and pictures along the way. And you can go there and email me at learnfromjake.com and I'll add you to the blog and you get it in for free. There's also some different vegan and gardening t-shirts and hats I sell that the money from those helps to support us in our trip. And so if you want to go get one shirt, it says, grow it, don't GMO it. Oh, nice. I <laughs> love it. And one shirt says 100% vegan, even when nobody's watching for the people, for the planet, for the animals. So check it out, learnfromjake.com. And then I also will have some gardening, some free downloads coming up with soil tip and fruit tree tips in the free link section of learnfromjake.com. So a lot of things going on there. Perfect. Plus, you have an online gardening course. Tell us quickly about that. Yeah, so we just partnered with DIYhomesteadprojects.com. And if you go to learnfromjake.com and you scroll down halfway down the page, you'll see my online gardening course. So if you want to go and check out my original garden, and also I filmed a little bit of it at different gardens as well, you can check out raised beds, fruit trees, how to install an irrigation system, how to do soil for gardens versus fruit trees, how to use mulch, winter protect your garden. It's all inside my amazing gardening course, filmed super high quality. And my friend Derek, who runs DIY Homestead Projects, he produced the whole thing. And it's done so professionally. This course will save you thousands of dollars. And it's only, I think, like 20 or so dollars. So go check it out. It comes with PDF downloads with supply lists of exactly what to go buy. And it will make you a successful gardener from day one. If you're already successful, it's going to inspire you and motivate you to be the best gardener that you can be. And if you don't have a garden yet, you might just love the course because it's like a little research before you have your own garden. People have been ordering it. We've already had hundreds of people take advantage of it and they're loving it. We've gotten so much good feedback. It's literally all my gardening skills put into one online video course and it's halfway down the page at learnfromjake.com or you can go to DIYhomesteadprojects.com, I believe. It's up there, the gardening course with Jake Mace. Excellent. You know, all you listeners out there, you know how big of a fan I am about getting educated so that you're not growing that $400 tomato. Exactly. This is definitely one way to do it. You know, you can always check out the courses at Urban Farm U as well. Well, once again, Jake, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I so appreciate it. You can find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash Jake's trip. 
We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. We want to know what you think about our podcast. You've been listening to me for almost three years now, and I want to hear from you. I have some very specific questions, including what you like about our podcast, and where we should be going next. The important part is, I really want your opinion. I'm looking to connect with 50 listeners from no more than 10 minutes who are willing to share your thoughts. It's simple to sign up. Go to urbanfarm.org and look at the top menu. Sign up there. I look forward to chatting. Do you want to save money at the grocery store, eat more organic whole foods, cultivate food security, and feel more connected to the earth? If so, then growing your own food is a no-brainer. You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food you have access to is what you buy at the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food. And I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a brown thumb. With this free webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to IWANTTOGARDEN.com and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or IWANTTOGARDEN.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right. Absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.